So where do I continue this story in part two of the crowning the king in Oman, Rosh Hashanah, this special, this is, wow, beyond, beyond. Like, I don't even know. I mean, I apologize if you hear any uh, Ukrainian or Polish or whatever languages around me, but it's part of the flow. Because I'm sitting right now, thank God, in the Polish airport of Warsaw. It's the only way I could get home from... Ukraine was to drive to Warsaw so that in itself is already part of the challenge and you only have a certain amount of time and you have to go through border crossings so on the way there which is where we ended off part one I was traveling to Bucharest from Tel Aviv and we went 11.30 in the night took, ended up taking off around 12-ish and we had to like midnight style land at 3.30 in the morning and find this driver thank God was waiting there that Judah Klein had kindly organized with his chevra, his friends and this guy his name was Alexi his driver or Alexander Alex but he didn't mind whenever I mentioned Alexi he laughed because he knew the Baal Shem Tov stories and we all know from the Baal Shem Tov stories anyone who reads them and this guy Alexi or Alex reads them a Ukrainian driver um, and a businessman also the um, only reason he was driving was because his businesses the last few years in, Ki- in Kiev have suffered due to corona and the wars, uh, the war going on there in Ukraine. And so he's making the best of the whole situation by driving um, Hasidim and other such people um, from to Uman and back or to other places. He knows all the stories, all the history, because he used to do it in a previous um, business when he used to run like a car service. But... He'd already, you know, grow into a bigger place and because of the situation he had to go back to the car service in the meanwhile because of the low amount of tourists renting his apartment in Kiev. So um, he said it's only really local tourists over there. But it used to be like global, you know. So that was the issue. You can't fly into Kiev. So this guy drove 10 hours, Alexei, in his wagon, yeah, which happened to be a very nice Mercedes, drove to pick us up 10 hours straight we got there just in time, thank God, even though we were a little bit delayed, but it ended up being the right time. He was waiting for us, go straight into his car and begin the journey. Now we have to get through the Bucharest border and the, sorry, the Romanian border. We were driving through Romania from Bucharest to the border and Bucharest is a city and the border is Romanian. And we're going through the Romanian border and there's literally three cars in front, which is nothing, he says. We only get there like in the early morning but thank God it, it's empty. We come through, no problem, everything's great. Go to the Ukrainian side, everything is amazing. And we literally speed it. And this guy was flying, like f- to the point where he even got a ticket, but was able to pay it off like on the spot, which is pretty amazing. I mean, there is a whole bribe thing going on, but thank God this police guy actually wanted to just give a ticket and he got paid on the spot and we could just continue flying. It was literally like we had wings and he didn't even care about the speeding thing he knew he needed to just get us there before Yom Tov and that was the feeling all the way from all the Ukrainians we met once we got over the border they were like oh you guys are still coming like isn't it already like getting close to Yom Tov and therefore like if you come at this point like you're already missing like the whole flow and no that was the point that we were the last of the stories and we most people were taking 23 hours from so I heard from Nissan Black and Yosef Brown or 48 hours 
oh, 49 hours with Dr. Goodman, 48 hours with other people. Someone even told me 50. That was the biggest number I heard. 50 hours of travel. So we would have missed the Yomta, forget about it. We would have been in some Chabad place in Bucharest or Romanian border or somewhere. So thank God we had none of those issues. Everything just flowed amazing. And we made it to Uman with about three, four hours to spare. And you know, the whole way people were following the statuses, which is where I posted most of the pictures. And just what I'm sorry if I'm sounding a bit tired, but you know, I just haven't slept much. You know. This has been going on since Saturday night, and uh, we're already now today, Wednesday morning, on a fast day. So it's a little bit of a challenge to do this, but anyway. So now we're flying to Oman. We're getting there, and I didn't even have a place to stay, and I only had enough money after I realised that I need to pay for my own transport back to uh, to basically get the transport there and back with the flights and everything and then go to some kind people who names don't want to be mentioned help towards some of that so amazingly so we're now in Oman we have the opportunity thank God to really make this happen and um, and it was really really important that um, we do this together and make this happen and thank God it did yeah <coughs> anyway so now we're in a situation where we are Thank God, sitting there in our Uman situation, walking through the streets, the whole energy like every other year, like even though, fine, there was, I say, a, a small percentage of Americans and usually there, but the massive percentage of <coughs> Israeli and everyone else meant that it was packed and the streets were packed and even though there were soldiers checking passports they didn't ask us so Julian Klein and myself we made it to Hotel One and the guy just was not available to confirm the room so I didn't know what to do uh, you know I would have figured out how to pay it and just end up staying there and they wanted a lot for last minute bed that's it and they wanted a lot like we usually include food and everything else <coughs> just for a bed and I was just like not feeling it there even though they were very friendly and stuff but just the main guy just was not available to close the deal so I listen black messaged me and I was like come where are you man I've got to see you already I've been praying for you I've been so nervous I saw how late it and long it took us and last the week before when we had loads of days to get there and you coming out of Yomtev and you made it like yeah, I, I started to realize how risky it is what we did, but thank God everything was fine. And while I was sitting there, I ended up going to where Nissan was staying, like the VIP area of Shiners. Um, he and Yossi Brown were there and some other people and uh, friends of ours and mutual friends, followers of Ravorish, other, other amazing people, people who helped Shiners in a, in a full way, amazing way. And we were, you know, giving out all the food. That's what it means, Shiners, like all the hospitality, like in the highest level. Anyway, so we're there and... I didn't still know yet, and the time's going. So I took a picture and sent it to someone of me sitting on the couch. So can I use this couch? Like, no one's going to be sleeping on this couch. You know, it was a little bit like outside, meaning it was like under some covering, but it wasn't like, like a heated room or anything like that. But I didn't care, you know, I just have a couch. I'm not going to sleep much anyway. And I, I've been told now about this curfew situation, and Nissim had been locked in the Sion of Rabbi Nachman, like the, the grave, the, um, yeah, the special holy. Uh, base of Kavara so Rabbi Nachman he was locked in for one night because he was doing a spodidism like a good student of Ravarish and you know comes 11 o'clock he didn't even know what time it was and suddenly they locked him in and they won't let him leave and he had to spend the whole night in the Sion which is pretty intense like six hours straight anyway so now we are like 
checking this like situation out and again i get one of the head like guys get sent over from china's people that um they'll make me a vip pass and i and they even have a room for me there's a spare bed and i ended up with like the most sorry for any noise so i ended up amazing room i had like you know my own bed i had my own kitchen my own everything and it was just properly like legit like i was so excited that i got got this room and now i got to figure out what my story is that i don't yet have like any like like uh food sorted out so but i got the vip so now i have that sorted out as well so now everything's good you know i got food i got a place to stay i got everything yeah and i don't even have to worry about it and this was within like an hour remember this the previous story with going to uman it all took place like everything was sorted out like uh, the general details within like an hour before shabbat now i'm sitting in uman erev yom tov and everything sorted out that i need to sort out there erev yom tov within an hour and even had access to a vip mikveh like clean you can't imagine how clean and amazing like, this is all chesed hashem i didn't like do anything like to deserve any of this kindness other than just you know try to be a good yid and when I mean, I've really, a big tribute goes to my wife because she, she said these important words. And I don't know if I mentioned in the part one, but Rabbi Nachman invited you this year. This is like obvious, so I, I, it's worth repeating. Like, it was just so obvious. Like, I and even though the news and everything and the media and as Gedalia said when he gave his class on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Gedalia Fenster, he spoke about how you know. I mean, like, let me go in order, but just that point. So it's just such nonsense what, what the media portrayed. Even though there is crazy stuff going on, but everyone was duped who didn't come. And that's that's the words of Gedalia. I'm not saying it. I'm just quoting him. But um, that concept is that you know to be there was not a media like feared experience. There were sirens going off every so on, but it was from far away. Like reactions. Like we're talking about like probably five sizes of Israel away like any action so like you know people are worried about Ukraine but go to Israel and it's like next to your house or in another you know uh, another neighborhood just over the road and there's stuff kicking off so that's why the Israelis were almost 100% attendance they, they don't have fear for any of this stuff so I apologize again about the noise but I'm in the airport so now listen let's go to the, the Yom Tov, yeah so we've, we've done the whole era of Yom Tov, miracles of getting there and board and everything food the IP everything such high level and uh, now it's Yom Tov, so we go to uh, I go to Shiners and obviously Dr. Goodman's there rocking the house and everybody else but not all the usual Americans are around and all the big amazing Chazanim like Yo Ravyol and, and Barry Weber so I'm thinking so wait a minute these guys aren't here so when we're going to daven tomorrow for the main davening the Yom Tovday so I speak to Nisim and Yosef in the, in the special suda we have together behind Shiners and it was an amazing suda I ended up seeing a lot of Israelis and I had all my Simonim from my wife you know, the simonim, the special, you know, foods we eat as a simon tov. Like, we make all these different signs and, and blessings and prayers for the new year. You know, for the, the head of the fish and the, the leeks and the gourds. And they all have different meanings in Hebrew that 
very special. We should go over what it means. It's really special prayers. Every year we say, we do it, some people do it both nights, and we dip it in apple and the honey, and the chol in the honey, everything should be sweet. And, you know, I had this amazing honey cake as well on the way, which I didn't speak about in part one because, you know, I hadn't got there yet. But the honey cake for my wife was just so good. And I had a few key moments um, during these few days because she gave me enough and I was able to share it with Judah as well. And uh, it was just like, wow, like everything was there. I needed, I even had my own round chalas for my wife. Like she'd managed to cook everything before the weekend, before the Sunday that I could take with me. And she ended up cooking the other stuff that I couldn't have taken, like the fish and the meat. She only cooked that on Sunday, so I had all this stuff that I could take with me, wrapped up in silver foil, kept fresh, you know, it was cold anyway, and then brought it to all the meals and everyone was happy to like have a bit of shrine, like little bits of the Samanim for me. Um, and yeah, and all these cool Israeli guys were into it, and um, obviously Nisim and Yosef, and they came and we spoke about maybe the next day davening at Rav Kluger. So I never done by Rav Kluger. I know this is a Brez of Israel podcast, and you know, we're, we're Rav Oresh, but um, I hadn't yet got to Rav Oresh yet, so I ended up davening by Rav Kluger the first time ever. Um, there was obviously a story before that, I ended up waking up like really early because, you know, there was just so much energy in the air, and started running around um, all like I ended up, I had to wait till the curfew, and then from five o'clock I was running around. Um, saw the different Nates Minyan checking out what was going on and that's when I decided like, I've got to go with Nessa Minyosev because it just wasn't the same as previous years in China's uh, at least the, the main Minyan anyway and um, I went to uh, manage to with Yosef and Nessim get to that VIP Mikva and, and we went to the of Kogas and it was this long beautiful peaceful dominating it was so much space in the shul and nice and you know there was it was a beautiful day outside and it was just it was very special and you know in just even come up to when he heard the sirens in the distance going off to hit the kirgadola like you know like just putting it into context that you know it's not like real like in a scary way but anyway so we were there and we had the shofus and it went on to like 5 30 beyond that and i was just like wow i gotta go i have a meal gotta get to mincha gotta marav so i ran off and went back to the shiner place and had a min uh, had a suda with um my holy brother Nissan black and we had a chat and and then um i decided we'll go for a walk to go to tashlich together so we obviously see some old friends you know like yosef nachama who worked for years with Rav Oresh, you know, big shout out to him and his son, who are now with the BRI. So we saw them and uh, Breast Research Institute um, head guys, and then um, we um, were able to do Tashlich. And he ended up. Rav Nissim went to, to Nissim Black went to Kivak, Rav Kivak, and um, his holy people were there uh, with Krug and other people. And I went onwards to go to Rav Oresh's shul. Now this is the next night. Now the second night of Rosh Hashanah was unbelievable. I ended up by Rav Oresh's shul, and um, I just couldn't believe like the amazing flow. Like one or few of the guys that were happy to see me, Dinah Elgar was just, like not normally happy. He was so excited because he he thought I hadn't come, and he was so upset that it hadn't worked out, and etc. etc. And you know they hadn't got more involved to make it happen, so they felt bad about it. And but there I was, I made it there. Like I said, Hashem made this happen. Rabbi Nachman invited me. Like this is it. And he was so excited, so he t- I quickly got a blessing from Ravorish, and then he took me and sat me in the cloys, which I've never really done that so much, other than a few years back, I think Rabbi Brody took me, you know, Rabbi Lazy Brody, and um, he's no longer in Uman uh, the last few years. Anyway, so I'm sitting there next to Ravorish, pretty much, like there was one person in between and his son, and um, I was next to Rav Dainel God, and I got to Davin in the cloys. Marev was very nice, and I had the merit to speak to Rav Dainel God, and 
catch up with him. And then, um, and one of the things he wanted to remind us all, the Munator, Munator 2022, as we've all announced many times, is happening, Brooklyn, Miami. Now, we haven't majorly promoted it. So really, once again, whoever listens to these classes should share the good news. We're going to be in my Brooklyn and... and uh, we're not doing the large Carnegie Hall event because of corona issues over there so we're going to be doing it probably in a Shiva in Brooklyn and it won't be as massive in terms of size and class but it will be amazing in terms of content and the people coming and Rev Orish will um, please go and inspire us all and, and hopefully we still hope Gedalia Fenster will fly up from Miami that's to be confirmed but you know we're still asking for that and uh, hopefully it will, will be a reality you know anyone who's connected to him who listens can send him a message you want him to be there also because it'll be very special all of us and anyway so now here we are um davening there so I go off now back to the Suda and this time friends from like one of the students I I taught in Netzach Yeshiva years and years ago who's now a very special person Miami managed to get into the Shana area and we had a wonderful meal there we're alongside with Nisim and Yosef and other friends from the Kulatova and um, other people that made it thank God and we had a really wonderful Suda it was very special but once again we had to keep an eye on the curfew so we made it back to the dorms and we you know could schmooze there a little bit and then I knew I like we what was going to be tomorrow. I, I just couldn't. Second day, I just couldn't do another, you know, long uh, Rav Kluger davening. So I decided to um, go to um, Nate's if I could, or some other minion. And thank God I woke up in time for Nate's. I had a beautiful davening in Nate's. The shiners I had good chazanim the second day, and um, managed to get mikveh and everything, and beautiful suitors And <coughs> what was the next flow? Yeah. It's always hard to remember everything. So then I had a few suitors here and this and that. Anyway, so then we get back to that Gedalia Fenster Shear. That was, it was, it was a bit of running around. You know, so I went to the CM one more time before I was leaving Motsu Yomtu and a few other things. So remember, I knew that I had to get to Warsaw and everyone was telling me that hours and hours they had got stuck on borders and this and that. So I knew I had to leave straight away after Yom Tov. And I had a head to, to, you know, to go with my bags as soon as possible. So I did. Um, but before that, I went to Kedalia Fenster Shear in BRI. It was a very special Shear. And Rabbi Raiti was sitting there like a student listening to Kedalia. It was an amazing to, image to see him in front of me um, with his, you know, literally like dogged, like overly learned uh, Lakuti Maran, like to his praise and he's underlined everything everything from Rabbi Nachman's teachings and it was amazing to watch and, and then Gedalia gave over an amazing class and the Q&A and saw a lot of friends there and it was very inspiring to be there and then uh, you know now it's winding down, I already had a quick pseudo in between and then had a little bit more with Nisim and Yosef who were just getting back from Rav Kluger's and then quick mikveh before leaving and ran to Min Chumarev and now this next story is mad so this is the climax and here I am in in the Warsaw airport yeah to tell the tale um, so people were saying yeah it's really touch and base with getting through the border and you know so we we fly from Warsaw and just just to add in another point standing in the street my driver Alexei had been like five ten minutes like late um, he was actually on time in the original agreement we had but I had asked him if he'd come a bit earlier in the end because I was given that header, so he didn't make it till the original time, the later one. So while I was standing an extra five, ten minutes, a guy came up to me 
and he says he's looking to get to Poland. So I said, yeah, yeah, come, 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 come in my car. So he did contribute a little bit, but basically he like got pretty much free ride, and uh, we took him to his airport. We ended up booking a Lublin flight. But before we got to Lublin, and before we even got to Poland, we had to get through the border crossing. Now the drive to the border was nuts. It was the middle of the night. Like each of these drives, like you know, the Romanian countryside was beautiful, but the Ukrainian countryside at that time of night was intense. It was like foggy. The roads were smashed up. We were bouncing all over the place and you know some points there was like army things in the middle of the road that you couldn't even see until you got there and you're almost like crashing in because we're flying so fast and then like we're sliding past like a new part of the road because i think a bridge got blown up at some point so this part was getting a bit labodic you know then i started to feel wow this is a war-torn country and you know all those prayers i had on yom tov uh, especially the bit of the current blessing for peace like became even more meaningful that we really have to pray for people in the world to have peace because war doesn't bring anything good um, except for this driver obviously so now I'm like wow we're making it to this border good time miracles and got a guy in the car the passenger really nice guy and happy to bring him there even as I said contributes and now I'm sitting in the car and we're going through this border and before we get to go through the border the soldier stops us and says first he says it's curfew you can't be driving so he wants us to wait another hour or so so the driver like says we've gone through every checkpoint without any issue of curfew so thank god this last guy said all right just go but the, when we got to the border there was a massive line we're talking about eight hours of line which means missed flight everything messed up not going to happen and I'm just like, oh my God, what's going to be? This is not good. How am I going to, you know, I, I start thinking, oh, I have to get a new flight. And I start, you know, I was saying slichus and other things, prayers. I was like, nah, nah, this is not going to happen. It's going to work out good. So I'm not going to let this, like, turn sour. And, you know, with Muna and all, all the different Torahs come in and kick in. So we start praying and so this and that. And suddenly um, the driver, when we drove to the back of the line, like we said, it would be like eight hours, if not a whole day of light queuing up he goes outside the car and asks a few people what's the story and they say a lot of the people there are locals who need to get smuggled or get through the border and they they're not gonna like they're not gonna like pay for um for any way to get moved on quicker but we could so all we have to do is give him like a little like bribe kind of thing like of 50 bucks yeah and soldier and he'll let us through when the next in the next five cars so this is what they you know they decided together and we did it and this you know i'm not going to tell you the full driver's name other than alexi i was like that respect man you just basically saved us today and we drove in no problem and then it took a bit of a long time a lot of bureaucracy going on there but we were in the queue and we were moving forward and we got through the border miracles and miracles after about an hour or so and now we've got loads of time so we can get this guy to his airport in Lublin and now I'm where I'm at and I'm actually a few hours in advance because it was so speedy in the end of the story so anyway this is my like woman story for 2022 I can't believe it it's already a new year and I would say like on the inner discussion what was the main mindset that we would take away like everyone was saying the same thing this year that Tahitian Panasa Gadola, Pula Gadola, Pella Gadol, 
It was all the same concept of godless, of greatness. We've been talking about it these last few classes, the classes of the greatness of human soul, and the greatness of Torah, and the greatness of Hashem. And we've been talking about it again and again every single class, and the idea of making Hashem great in the world. So the most important thing we came out from Roshon is the importance of having a great mindset, a godless emotion. And that's what we discussed, and it was it was all about that. And through that power, like I mean, literally, as I'm saying this, I'm seeing that there's a plug uh, for USB and for charging. So I'm going to bit of charge on my phones as well. There's actually enough for everything, so that's amazing. I just just saw it where all my bags are. Like I didn't even notice it before. It's like tucked in underneath a like a metal thing, and and just as I'm saying that, everything I need is right there. So this is the kind of chip it's been. It's just so smooth, and the idea of just greatness how Hashem showing his greatness towards us um, I've got some crazy new things going to be happening then I get back to Israel and if I would have missed it it would have been really hard so really appreciate that Hashem brought me back in time for that and uh, you know I haven't I'm not there yet but you know please God the plane will be on time and we'll make it there and it, it'll be really exciting to go home but the the main point is that I just want to share with everyone that you have to allow the mindset to be great to not get small and not to get restricted and limit Hashem's kindness and to we are the greatest enemy to ourselves we have to allow Hashem's abundance to pour on us this year Hashem every year all of history wants to give us only good but we have to not get in the way that's like one of my famous statements in my Rebbe just don't get in the way of Hashem he wants to give bring Mashiach he wants to make it good for all of us we just need to get out of the way get our egos get our of agendas and just go with Hashem's flow. It's so much better when you're on that flow. You just see how everything is Hashgacha process, divine flow is, unity flow is, the Muna flow is just obvious. And you know, like just to be able to every step of this woman trip, like I didn't get to see a lot of friends who didn't make it because they were duped or whatever, they had other things going on. No judgment on them, but the people I did see was so special and a lot of the people I usually see we reached out anyway and we wished each other good job to and you know there's that familiar connection every year of being together so I just want to thank Hashem for giving me this most amazing Amuna experience and everybody else who was involved out there um, specifically my wife and wish you all a beautiful year crown the king on your life allow the flow allow the greatness of Hashem and the greatness of divine providence and, and abundance and abundance mindset massive action like bring it into your life make it real make it strong and really live an amazing inspired new year and I can't wait to hear everyone's own stories keep sharing your Amuna flow and Gamach Simatova everyone should be inscribed for the book of life for eternity and for this world as well and have a blessed year and we'll be able to hopefully uh, see, each, see each other soon and dancing together over here where I'm heading hopefully soon in another about five hours or so I'll be in Yushalayim and uh, be amazing to be back in the holy city and hopefully bring this energy of flow into the holiest place in the world together with all of you Amen stay tuned we'll post our next Amuna class on the week of Yom Kippur We're having a little break this the next day or so I just got, as I said I've got massive stuff going down and uh, if you can just keep sharing the content uh, it's really appreciated and make make sure everyone knows about the Amuna tour please 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 thank you all the best much love and uh, blessings bye